If you can turn with me to the book of Revelation, chapter 3. So let's read from verse 7, 7 and 8 for now. So here, this was a letter written by John from Jesus. He got a revelation and he, it was sent to the church in Philadelphia to an angel, which I believe is the leader. But the church of Philadelphia was, was different, was special. Here, he was saying, I know that you have endured. You have, you have kept my word about patient endurance. So, so here, the thing that Philadelphian church did was just endure. They had to go through a lot of attacks. They had to go through a lot of battles. They had a lot of temptations and distractions. They had a lot of warfare. They had people fighting them. They were criticized. They were attacked in every area of their lives. And, and, and it goes on to say, even though you had little strength. So here God is saying, I know that you were not strong. I know that you were not all powerful. Even though you had little strength, you still endured. And I'm telling you, like, as Christians, that is the key. That is the key to endure. If you can just learn to endure. Endurance, long-suffering, just endure things. I feel like we are a generation, we give up so soon, right? We, we, get, we get discouraged so soon. We, we end up wanting to just give up in life, give up on our family, give up on ministry, give up on our jobs because things just don't, we don't get an overnight result. So we are like, okay, God, this is it. We are done. But the church in Philadelphia was special. God was so impressed on how they held on. It was not easy for them. They had to go through so many trials and tribulations and attacks, but they kept going. They endured every battles that came against us. And for me, when I read that, I was so blown away. I was like, Lord, that's all that we need to do. Just endure. Just till the end, endure. Keep your faith strong. And the Bible says it because of that, there's so many rewards that comes with it, right? First, he says, verse 8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no man is able to shut. And I believe that God is going to open door for us that no man, no powers of darkness shall be able to shut. But what was the key? But what was the key for that? Endurance. So God is saying, because you have endured, I have kept an open door for you that nobody can shut. No powers of darkness can shut. No evil forces, no voices, no plans of the enemy can shut. I mean, there's so many rewards that comes with it, but at that time, it is hard for us to see because we're so filled with emotions. We're so filled with, with mind battles that we can't see the reward. And, and I've noticed something, especially when we are close to a breakthrough, is when the enemy fights us the most. There was a time, one time I heard this preacher, he was saying when he was 15 or 16 years old, he said, I never saw God answer my prayers. 
He said, I never saw God in my life. I felt like God never cared for me. And he said, I never saw anything in my life. So he, he stopped believing in God. And uh, he was saying he did not see results. So he just decided, I'm not going to believe in this God because I don't think this God really listens to me. I don't think this God is real. And, and for me, I, when, he, when he was shared, obviously he came, came back to his senses later on in life. But that's the kind of generation that we are in when we don't see results. And the thing is, the enemy will do whatever it takes to make you, make your heart bitter against God. He will throw problems at you one after the other to make you feel like you're not loved by God, to make you feel like this God does not really care for you. So this, this preacher boy, he grew up in church. He, he, he would have, he, I don't know if he has seen God's manifestation, but he for himself never felt like God came through. He for himself never felt like God was really listening to his prayers. So the best thing was, you know what, it's better I don't believe in this God than just stay, than just keep hoping on, on some sort of miracle. But it's rather, it's always better to stay hopeful than, than leave this God. The Bible says hope differed makes a heart sick. So I would rather believe in this God, even though I don't see results yet. Even though I don't see things moving in my life yet, I would rather believe in this God. Even though I don't see, especially with human beings, when people most requested prayer request is, Lord, is, is mom, pray for, my, pray for my child, pray for my spouse, you know, when they're not saved. And that is the most hardest thing because God is a very just God. He's, he's not a forceful God. He will never force his will on someone. He will never uh, force somebody to accept him, right? So when it comes to humans, that's when we have to be a lot more patient because, because with humans, God is patient with them. So we just have to learn to be patient with them. Sometimes you don't see it. Sometimes you, you, you know, they act crazy the most, but that's when you have to just learn to just be still. The Bible says, be still and know that he's Lord your God. So sometimes it's, a it's just a matter of being patient. And then another reward. This, this really amazed me. Let's continue with verse 8. It says, I know that you have but little power and you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they're Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before you, before your feet, and they will learn that I've loved you. Like, wow. So these were people that were persecuting them. And, and God calls them the synagogue of Satan, even though they were so-called Jews. But they were persecuting them, attacking them. And God is saying, because you have not taken this matter into your own hands, you have let the Lord fight for you. Because you have not fought this battle by your own flesh, but because you have 
guarded your heart when these people were attacking you non-stop day and night because of that what did the Lord say I will make them come and bow down before your feet so many times when people you know being in ministry I, I'm telling you like wow people criticize us for nothing like people the most ridiculous comments I get on my on my social media I'm like are these people really jobless right but everything and anything is a problem for them it's almost like they just agitated with everything we do and that's just how it is you know I'm personally I'm not moved by the, those things there is no that sense of respect so for them they're so okay to bash pastors they're so okay to criticize them they say they're so okay to to um, you know condemn you and say all nasty things so recently there was somebody who started um, I posted something and he started questioning my theology so I was like um, but who are you like why in the world would I take Bible Bible study from you who's a nobody I don't understand I said you understand like that's the level of of stupidity that these people come up with you know so anyways I'm used to it now uh, there were times especially especially when people that you invest into when they start bashing you then it hurts a bit you know it hurts a bit but then all I told God was God I don't I don't want anything bad to happen to them all I want them to know is God that you are with us that, that, that they're not mess that they're messing with the wrong people you know like I'm not I don't want anything I don't want them to suffer I don't want them to die you know I'm not that kind of person I'm a Christian true Christian <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pray and you know hope for their their death maybe they do for us but we I don't we don't and and I, all I told that all I told God was that Lord I just want them to know that that Lord you're with us and that's what the Lord is saying if you endure I will make sure that they will bow down so I'm waiting for that day <laughs> I'm joking I, I when when people criticize you when people fight you that's when and the thing is you know what um, it's in those moments it's very it's very easy for us for our hearts to get bitter so through the process our hearts can get so bitter and I'm telling you it's not easy because you 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 love them and then you have to forgive them like the hardest job right love them forgive them when they keep bashing you but endurance I'm telling you endurance because I told God if I can protect and guard my heart I know my reward is going to be greater I know that at the end of the day I don't care what people think about me so for me when people criticize me and praise me I'm not I'm not moved by anything because these very people that praised us are the very people who who crucified us in a way just like Jesus so we have learned to not be moved by people's uh, words now we focus on the ones that the Lord has given us trusted us with and we will love them and we will take care of them and you know sometimes people leave us that's life we just have to learn to still move on and still go through the healing process and go through it and just move on in life amen amen, amen. and something I learned even from the life of David David was um, you know he he went through a lot 
when he was anointed, he, Saul was after his life. Saul was so jealous of him. He had to um, hide in caves and he didn't have an address, you know. He was always hiding. He, he had to wait for his men to, to give him food and water. Like it was tragedy. And still, he never gave up. So almost 13 years he was running away for his life like it was not like you and I at least we have an address at least we have a house this guy had no place to stay but he knew the call of God on his life he knew that the Lord had anointed him he knew that it was just a matter of time he knew that it was just a matter of time that God would make him that God would give him a position but till then, he endured. He kept going. Yes, was he discouraged? Yes, was he upset? Yes, he was, he, was, he was going crazy. But through it all, he did not give up. So, child of God, if we can just learn to not give up. When Peter, Peter, such a, such a powerful, um, a passionate man of God, he was so consumed by passion that he even cut off the high priest's ear when he tried to arrest Jesus. That's, that was Peter, right? And then when Peter, uh, when Jesus told the plans that he was, going to, uh, he was going to be taken after three days, he was going to die, he got so angry and he said, no, that's not going to happen. And Jesus had to rebuke him. You know the story, right? Get thee behind me because you're not, you're not talking from, a, uh, from God's view. You're talking from human's view. This was Peter. But yet, yet this Peter, when it came to his own life, when they asked him, do you know Jesus? He denied Jesus three times. Now Peter was so filled with guilt and condemnation that he went back, he went back to his old life. So Peter gave up because he, and that's something that the enemy does, guilt and condemnation. Sometimes it's not just uh, attacks and discouragement. Sometimes it's just guilt and condemnation that makes you want to give up. And that is the strategy of the enemy. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. He couldn't handle the fact that just like Jesus had said, you will deny me three times, he actually denied him three times. And he, because his, his, his passion was so much there, he was ready to die for Jesus. But yet, when it came to his own life, he freaked out. He became a little kitten. He couldn't, he couldn't handle it anymore. And so he gave up. And that guilt and condemnation made him to go back to his fishing job. He became a fisherman again right before he met Jesus. So guilt and condemnation is something that we have to constantly fight because, because guilt is something that the enemy will make you um, not want to, because you don't see yourself through the eyes of God. You, you see yourself as somebody who's not successful, as somebody who's, a, who's, a, who's a, a mistake in the hands of God. You think that God doesn't love you. You think that you have disappointed God so much that you just don't want to do anything anymore. So everything in you just wants to give up. 
Or maybe you're a family person. Maybe you feel like as a husband or as a wife, you've not fulfilled the role. And I've heard many mothers and fathers tell me this. I've heard mothers say, I feel like I'm a terrible mother, that I did not raise my child um, good. I'm like, okay, so now what are you going to do about it? Are you going to change your ways? Are you, or are you going to sit in that guilt? Because we are humans. We make mistakes, right? We make mistakes in how we do things. But we have to learn to not embrace that part. We have to learn to accept that we are humans make mis who makes mistakes but move on and try to not go back to it. Because guilt and condemnation can consume us and that is, that is one way the enemy can, can uh, in a way, kill you, in a way, paralyze you, in a way, stop you from moving forward guilt and condemnation so so if you can if you're able to go past it that is why it is so important that you go to your leaders go to your pastors and talk to them and and open up how you feel and don't have to carry these these burdens by yourself that is why god has given you leaders so that so that you can talk to them and you can overcome all these mind battles so that you don't listen to the voice of the enemy, but you listen to the voice of God through your leaders and pastors. And sometimes there are seasons that we go through, dry seasons. I remember when we first moved to Canada, man, it was not easy, let me tell you that. It was hard. The people were there were so dry. People are not, were not hungry for God. It was terrible. The spiritual atmosphere was so dry. But I remember we just had to keep on pursuing and, 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 and fight against all these emotions because it's the emotions that the enemy will come against, right? It's the emotions that, that, that can be so overwhelming that if you don't take control over it, the spirit of that place, the principality of that place can take over. People don't realize that that each place that you are, you have to study the atmosphere, you have to study the place, you have to study the principality. You have to know what spirit is, is active here, what spirit is, 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 uh, is working here. Because once you understand the, the land, once you understand whom you're fighting against, then it's easy for you to overcome. So many times you think, oh, this is my childhood trauma, or this is my, uh, my mind, or this is just who I am. You don't understand there is always a spirit that is working. Yes, he uses our traumas. Yes, he uses our weakness. Yes, he will use our flaws, our um, insecurities. He will use that, but there is always a spirit behind it. So. That is one thing that we learned is to we, we studied the land. We studied the spirit that was taking over the land. We knew that there was a spirit of lethargy. We knew that there was a spirit that, was, that, that would make people lose their fire. People, people, would, uh, people who were so passionate for God would end up in that land and they would lose all their passion. It was not their fault. It was the spirit and they don't realize it. Many times people think, okay, you know, this is where I'm called to do. But before you go, do your research. Do your study. Study the land. Know that every place that God sends you, there is always a principality that is, that is there, that is, that is going to fight you. So as much as you go to a new land, you have to equip yourself 
in prayer, in spirit, in fasting. Do whatever it takes so that you know that what you're fighting against. You know whom you're going against. So you're equipped. Otherwise, before you know, it's just a matter of time till that spirit of that land takes over you. So many a times, if you're wondering why are you going through these battles, just know what is at. Sometimes it can be even from your generation, even from your family members. It can be even from your, from your father's side or your mother's side. Certain spirits that is fighting you. But we have to do our part in learning and not give in to these lies of the enemy. So the church in Philadelphia, they, they learned this art of not giving up, even though they had little strength. You know, the Bible says if you have um, faith as a mustard seed faith, you can move mountains, right? Sometimes that's all that we need. We don't need big faith to do things. When God called Abraham, when God said, leave this land and go to a foreign land, I mean, I'm sure that required more than mustard seed faith, right? <laughs> but for us, God is very nice to us. He's like, but you guys, I understand, you're not Abraham. You just have to have mustard seed faith, you know? Because when, when Abraham had to, he had to leave everything behind. All his idols, his family, everybody. He had no, foreign, he had no connections in that foreign land. He had, no, uh, he had no relatives. He had nobody there. But all he did was hear the voice of God. And by faith, he stepped out and he said, God, if you're calling me, I will move forward. And then you see how God blessed him and established him. Sometimes it's that process that is the most hardest. And even when God told him, you know, give me your son Isaac. Wow. Again, I don't think that was mustard seed faith. And that is why he was called a friend of God. Because he had radical faith. He had crazy faith. You know, it's, you know, it's easy for you to say, oh yeah, I have faith. But faith without action is dead, right? So if you have faith, prove it. You know, I'm somebody, I... Um, Preaching is not my comfort zone, you know? I'm not, uh, I preach, I, I preach because that's what God has called me. But if you ask me, it's not my comfort zone. I always told my husband, I will be your backbone support. You know, I will support you from the back. And I loved it, you know, I was good. I didn't need a platform or a mic. Like I can live without a mic or a platform for the rest of my life, you know, that was good. But I remember a few years ago, God had given me a word, and God was telling me, look, I want you to do this. And my favorite excuse was, I have kids. I have three kids. So I'm like, God, I have kids, responsibilities, you know, who's going to take care of them, right? So it's like as if God didn't know, know that. So, so I remember telling, um, you know, I, I would always give excuses like, oh, I can't, my kids, blah, blah, blah. And I remember God gave me this gentle warning kind of thing and he said okay um, you don't want to preach uh, but you're going to miss out the next few years you're going to miss out on a lot of things so when he said that i i took that seriously and for me that was that was faith because you know everybody's um 
journey is different. Everybody's assignment is different, right? So for you, it is not necessary preaching. For you, maybe it's, uh, I don't know, it's just maybe uh, going to work or starting a business, maybe. Maybe it's, it's, that requires a lot of faith, you know? So everybody's story is different. In my case, preaching was, was something that, even though I have preached a, a, a lot, I have preached, it was just not my comfort zone. And, and I think God also was like, okay, she's giving too many excuses. So God gently just told me this. And I told myself, no, I can't. I cannot waste my time anymore. So I told God, okay, God, I will say yes to you whenever you want. And yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's... And I'm telling you, it's not something that I used to like, I used to enjoy. Now it's different. Now, you know, I love doing it because I feel the pleasure of God. I feel God's joy in doing it. So sometimes, sometimes God will make you do things that is out of your comfort zone. And you just have to learn to, to trust in that still small voice. You just have to, even if it makes you uncomfortable, even if, you, even if it's, it's, it doesn't feel good at that moment, you just have to learn to just trust in Him. You just have to learn to say, okay, God, I will do this just for you, just for you. Even though my mind is saying, you know, I, I don't agree with this, but I will do this for you. You know, um, and something I want to talk to you about is um, even when it comes to husbands and wives, um, somebody asked me, oh, you know, if, if my wife, uh, if my husband wants to go to McDonald's and I want to go to Starbucks, I don't know if you have that here. You have that here, right? Okay. Uh, what do I do? So I said, oh, I said, uh, what does the Bible say? The Bible says wives submit to your husbands, right? Um, so I said, you should submit. So she, so she was like, yeah, but that's against my will, right? Like, I want Starbucks. I said, yeah, that is why the, the Lord put that scripture, because he knows there's going to be a fight, you know? The husband is going to be like, but I want McDonald's. But the wife is like, there's going to be a fight. So you might as well just come into an agreement. So when the wife submits, I said, but do it joyfully, obviously, you know, <laughs> not, not grumpy. I said, when you do that, I said, at the end of the day, you never know. Maybe your husband in the last moment will change his mind and say, let's go to Starbucks, you know. I said, you're not doing this for your husband. Because when you honor your husband, you're not just honoring him. You're honoring the word of God. You understand? So sometimes, so sometimes that is endurance. Come on, wives. Say amen. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> Three people agree to that. Four people. Because, because, yes, sometimes it's not in your comfort zone. Sometimes you don't understand why your spouse wants to do a certain way. But you just have to learn to trust the, the, the man of the house. Sometimes you just have to learn to trust their leading. Even if they make mistakes, so what? That's between him and God. If he makes a mistake, that's his problem, right? You're not, you're his helper. So you're supposed to help him, not add more burdens to him, right? So you're supposed to help him in whatever decisions he makes, whether it's right or wrong. And husbands, the only thing God requires you to do is to love your wives. So just show her a little love, you know? 
just give a little love sometimes it's hard because men are like strong ego people right they are like heroes they they just want to provide for the family and and prove to them that we are like the man of the house and you know everything is on order but sometimes just give her a hug you know show her some love tell her you love her that's all that's all wives need let me tell you that you know <laughs> we we don't need we don't need a lot of things we don't need uh, i mean sometimes you need to know your wife's love language but i know that love will always melt their hearts so <laughs> so so you have to learn to have that endurance so husbands be patient with your wives when your wives are cranky <laughs> and and wives when your husbands are cranky be patient with your husbands you know and with children too the bible says do not provoke your children so when your children are cranky you have to be patient with them you have to learn to just learn to be patient with them and not quench them so in every area of your life endurance maybe it's your parents maybe your parents are cranky you know you have to learn to to endure that and and learn to um not not allow the enemy to take over because sometimes you don't understand the enemy he sometimes the fights doesn't happen on the outside right the fights happen on the inside all the enemy's agenda is happening on the inside and if you are not strong if your foundation is not strong everything will fall apart what is the point of you being a christian when your life when your family is crumbling what is the point of you serving the lord when everything on the inside is shaking and falling apart so if you are able to endure so if if you feel like okay this is this is too much i can't handle this just read the letter that was sent to philadelphia church how they learned to endure they no matter what happened to them they did not lose their passion for god no matter what happened to them they do not lose their fire for god because that's what the enemy wants to do he wants you to be discouraged and discouraged and disheartened and heartbroken and he wants you to come to a place where you will start criticizing god and 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 he wants you to come to a place where you will you will um stop trusting in the lord where you will stop connecting with god where you will lose that passion that hunger that you have for god and that's all that the enemy wants he uses your finances he uses um everything else around you to attack you but at the end of the day all he wants is your heart all he wants is your heart and church let me tell you this is not to scare you but it's not going to get easy it's only going to get challenging life is only going to get challenging especially we are in the end end times we are in the end days i believe that the enemy will do whatever it takes to to persecute us to attack us where where we feel hopeless where we feel, we feel like we can't handle this anymore that is why in fact when i read this letter i told myself god i'm just every time i feel any sort of attacks i'm just going to keep reading this letter that was that was written to the church in philadelphia how they endured and the reward that they received and then the reward just didn't end there verse 10 
It says, because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. Can you imagine this? So here God is saying, I'm going to open a door for you that no enemy will shut. And then I'm going to make your enemies come and bow down. One verse, KJV says, come bow down and worship. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think uh, we need any worship. But, but that's how God was saying. Because God saw, felt like there was injustice that was done to him. And God is a God of just. And then he goes on to say, because you have endured so many trials and tribulations and attacks, even at the end, I'm going to make sure that you will escape the trial. Can you imagine, church, that when you and I can endure, God is going to show you an escape plan. That means when the whole world is suffering, God is saying, but I will make a plan for you. Can you imagine that? So right now, you might, you might not understand why you have these seasons and these attacks. But God is saying, just hold on. Just wait. Just wait. Because your reward, oh man, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no hearts have perceived what the Lord will do to them that love Him. So child of God, now you, are, now you might not understand why your family hates you so much, but now you know. Every trials and tribulations and attacks is not because you're not loved by God. There is always a reason behind it. There is always a purpose behind everything that happens in your life. You know, as, as ministers, it's like we're always in the battleground. We're always under attack. We're always constantly, it's warfare all the time. Either it is us or our children or our church people. It's, just con it's like adventurous, you know. We never get to just sit still and breathe. It's always warfare. So I was like, okay, God, 2024 will be better, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, 2024, please, can I rest? You know, and then I read this verse and I said, okay, God, I got it. So I, so I told myself, God, I don't care what comes against us. All I want to do is not give up my faith, not give up my hope, not lose my hunger, not lose my passion, not allow rebellion to come against us. The Bible says, do not be wise in your own eyes. So you think, oh, I'm, this is never going to happen to me. That's when the enemy will try to fight you. Because if you think that it won't happen to you, the enemy will do everything to make sure that it will happen to you. So it's better that we stay guarded, we stay accountable, that we stay humble, that we protect our hearts during this time more than anything. And stay, no matter what offense comes in your heart, do whatever it takes to stay strong. Even among your spouse, if you have an issue, if you have a disagreement, if you feel like it cannot be resolved, go to your leaders. Don't try to fight this battle on your own. Go to your leaders. Go to the throne room of God and, and humble yourself. Because it takes a lot of humility, right? To, to uh, accept your mistakes. And you think that, oh, you're, you want to look good in front of your leaders. But who cares about it? 
you don't have to look good in front of your leaders. You know, we are, we are people that we see all kinds of people. We're not going to sit and judge you saying, oh, you behave like this. So from now onwards, you're in our, you know, blacklist. We don't care. We don't see people like that. So you just have to learn to remove all these assumptions and learn to put your ego aside and endure and learn to overcome all these battles and mind battles and every attacks of the enemy and this year onwards you need to tell you need to tell yourself no matter what i will not give up i will not give up on my on my church i will not give up on my faith i will not give up on my god i will not give up on my family I will not give up on my children. No matter how much difficult the situation may be, you shall not give up on your God. And he who waits on the Lord shall renew their strength. So sometimes all we have to do is just wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord till you see God's power manifested. And in that process, Protect your heart. Guard your heart. Just like the church in Philadelphia, because of how much they endured, imagine the, the rewards they were given. God is saying, I'll escape the plans of the enemy. So sometimes you don't realize how many plans you have escaped because you have endured. You don't realize that. The enemy wanted to kill you. The enemy wanted to destroy your life. But because you made that prayer because you cried that prayer you told god god i will trust in you you were able to escape the plans of the enemy you don't see it but that is the fact so i want you to pray this prayer dear god help us to never give up forgive us for the times that we gave up Forgive us for the times that we, we stopped trusting in you, Lord. Forgive us for the times that we have disappointed you, Lord. But Lord, from now on, give us strength to endure, to move forward. So that we can, we can escape the plans of the enemy. Lord, help us to not give up on our faith. On our family. On our business. On our church. On our, on our, on our leaders. On our spiritual children. On, on every, everything that, that you have placed in our lives. Lord, even through trials and tribulations and temptations, that we will not give in to the lies of the enemy. That we will not give in to the plans of the enemy. That we will not be deceived. That our eyes will be opened. That our ears will be opened that you will give us wisdom and discernment to make the right choices and we will march forward we will move forward
we will not give up we will stay strong and we will please you all the days of our lives if there is anybody here you have suicidal thoughts you have thoughts of death that is coming to you i want you to by faith receive this because that is not from god god is the only person who can take away your life not you <clears throat> so if that is you i want you to by faith put your hand in your heart father in the name of jesus every spirits that is fighting this child that is fighting this person that is making them want to give up father i come against it in the name of jesus right now i release fire upon their minds fire upon their hearts let that thought never come back again in the name of jesus father i pray every spirits that is fighting them that is coming from their generation from their father from their mother i pray that they will be able to locate it and they will be able to disconnect it in the name of jesus every thoughts every suicidal thoughts be gone in the name of jesus you're free in jesus name even i see like a it's related to depression but it's like a very dark cloud that comes not often but it comes once in a while certain seasons in your life you feel this dark cloud that comes certain seasons you must know that's a spirit that is coming against you that is a spirit that is fighting you so right now i take authority over that in the name of jesus every depressive thoughts because sometimes the enemy will do that so that so that you can even start relying on tablets on medications but that's not that's not the plan of god that's the plan of the enemy so right now we come against that depression that spirit of depression right now in the name of jesus wherever it's coming from we uproot it in the name of jesus it shall not touch them it shall not touch their family it shall not touch their children they whom the sun sets free is free indeed and today i declare they are free in the name of jesus even when those thoughts come that immediately they will be able to recognize it and fight back those thoughts in the name of jesus somebody's finances i feel somebody's finances is being blocked right now i release breakthrough in the name of jesus let every finances that has been blocked be unblocked in the name of jesus finances that has to be released do a miracle lord do a miracle let it be unblocked let it be released in the name of jesus 
Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for what you have done this morning. Thank you for your constant love, Lord. Thank you for your constant mercy. Thank you for never giving up on us, Lord. Even when we have given up, you have never given up. Thank you, Jesus, because you are so real. You're so good. And we love you for the rest of our lives, forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.